Good morning and welcome to Naples United Church of Christ on this, the second Sunday of Advent. Again, the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. This is the Sunday that we focus on peace. My name is Dawson Taylor. I serve as senior minister, and we're so fortunate to have you with us this morning. No matter if you're joining us via live stream, Facebook Live, or if you download the podcast. I want to invite you back this afternoon for our annual Christmas concert at 4 p.m. Again, via live stream and Facebook Live. It's going to be perhaps our best and most exciting concert yet. We have, of course, our guest artists include the Philharmonic Brass Quintet. Uh, NUCC favorite Javier Abreu will be joining us from Boulder, Colorado. And there's our own chamber choir and orchestra, and no Christmas celebration is complete without Santa and his helpers. All of the proceeds from a free will offering that will be given online today will benefit this year's Angel Tree Ministry. So I hope again that you'll join us today at four o'clock. Tomorrow night at 5 p.m., I hope you will join us for our justice ministry that is hosting an event entitled, What Do Other Faiths Have to Say About Justice? It will be moderated by our own Reverend Dr. Sharon Harris Ewing, again via Zoom, and you can check your e-blast for that link, or of course, you can call the church office tomorrow. It will feature panelists, Imam Muhammad Ahmad Noir. Islamic Center of Naples, Reverend Tony Fisher from the Unitarian Congregation, and of course, a good friend of this congregation, Rabbi Adam Miller from Temple Shalom. They will pick up the conversation that was left off from the previous event when we addressed the question, what does the Christian faith have to say about justice? This will offer lots of perspective about what is the interfaith look at justice and what does the Christian faith have to say that's different perhaps from other faiths. It'll be a wonderful discussion and I hope that you'll make plans to join us tomorrow evening for that wonderful event. I want to invite you to think ahead for a week because if you're interested in knowing more about membership at Naples United Church of Christ or if you already know that you'd like to join, I want to invite you to join us for an evening with your pastors. This is also an online and virtual event next Monday, December 14th at 7 p.m. If you are interested and would like to join us that night, I hope that you will email the executive assistant to the clergy team, Wendy Gayer, at wendy at naplesucc.org. She'll get you registered, get you the Zoom link, and get you any information ahead of time that you might need. In this festive holiday season, we're in the time where we invite you to give a poinsettia in honor or in memory of a loved one or a good friend. You can mail those to the church office, you can call the church office, or you can donate online on our website. As I always like to remind you, we don't necessarily buy each poinsettia for each dedication. We certainly buy plenty to make the chancel look festive, but all of the gifts that are received Beyond the cost of our poinsettias, this year will benefit our mission partner, the Shelter for Abused Women and Children. I also want to invite you back this Wednesday at noon. I will be preaching our midweek meditation service, and we will be joined by Blair Francis on the flute, Ryan Little on French horn, and our own Dr. Becky Weiss-Rumpf on piano and organ. So it is a busy week with so much happening around the life and ministry of this great church. But for now, 
let us center our hearts and our minds as we prepare for worship. Advent has always been a difficult season for me because it is a season of waiting, and I'm not very patient. But then I was reminded that waiting has often brought very good things into my life, as I pray they have been for you. So in that spirit of waiting, let me invite you to join me in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord of this Advent waiting, surrounded by creation's glory and the decorations of the season, we come together with hopeful expectation. We bring our glittering memories of Christmas's past with us, some shiny and joy-tinged, others that carry a veil of sadness. Yet we come as a thankful people, singing of your love. We come as a hungry people, longing to be filled. We come as a praying people, bringing our dreams of a hopeful future. We come as a journeying people, seeking direction for our paths. O God, who has spoken to your people throughout the ages, you speak to us most powerfully through the words and the life of Jesus Christ. So today, help us to hear your voice through prayer and silence, in music and in message, that we might sense your presence in Emmanuel, the God who is with us. O Lord, in this season of hope, our world needs Advent more than ever. All around us, we see lines of people seeking food, Hospitals filling with patients, loneliness and isolation taking its toll on so many. For some of us, a shroud of sadness blankets our spirits as we struggle through a season so focused on joy and celebration. Be our comforter, a wonderful counselor. For some of us, mountains of obstacles seem to block our way to living in hope. Be our mighty God, able to do abundantly more than we can ask or think. For some of us, trust comes very slowly, if at all. So help us to see that you are the everlasting God, faithful and trustworthy in everything. And for some of us, Anxious worry casts a pall over any attempts at living in faith. So be for us, in this Advent season, our Prince of Peace. Still others of us find each day a celebration. And for that, we are thankful, O joy-giving God. In the midst of our preparations... Give us seeking hearts as reminders of the deeper mysteries of this season. That you, the creator of the universe, chose to enter this earth as an infant, vulnerable and humble, yet destined to change the course of human history and each of our lives. Keep us alert, waiting for Christmas to arrive once again, in the hearts of each one of us watching for a glimpse of hope, 
come and dwell within us that we might open our lives to provide a place for justice to spring forth, a space for kindness to flow, and a home for hope to grow in abundance, impacting our worlds in the name of Jesus the Christ, in whom we pray together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day and in this season of expectation and this season of peace. We trust that you are with us and we ask that in this time of worship, you would speak either through me or in spite of me. And we ask this in your many names. Amen. It's an old story, but I may have even told it before, but it's a good story. In fact, it's too good to not share again. It's about the man who works in the post office, whose job it was to process all the mail that had illegible addresses. One day, a letter came to his desk addressed in shaky handwriting to God. He thought that he should open it to see what it was about. After he opened it, he read these words. Dear God, I am a 93-year-old widow living on a very small pension. Yesterday, someone stole my purse. It had $100 in it, which is all the money I had until my next pension check. Next Sunday is Christmas, and I had invited two of my friends over for dinner. Without that money, I have nothing to buy food with. I have no family to turn to, and you are my only hope. Can you please help me? Sincerely, Edna. The postal worker was touched. He showed the letter to his fellow workers, each of them digging into their wallets, and they came up with a few dollars. By the time he made the rounds, he had collected $96, which he put into an envelope and sent back to the woman. The rest of the day, all of the workers felt a warm glow for the kind of good that they had done. Christmas came and went. A few days later, another letter came from the old woman addressed to God. All of the workers gathered around while the letter was open. It read, Dear God, How can I ever thank you enough for what you did for me? 
Because of your gift of love, I was able to fix a glorious dinner for my friends. We had a lovely day and I told my friends of your wonderful gift. By the way, there was $4 missing. I think it must have been those thieves at the post office. Sincerely, Edna. Well, at least they tried to help. And isn't that what life is about? Helping others? That's why this morning's scripture reading is such a perfect reading for this Advent season. Isaiah 40, chapter, or verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What wonderful words for this, the second Sunday in Advent. The Sunday that we acknowledge, or at least acknowledge the need for peace in our world. Comfort. My people. What was the occasion, though, for Isaiah's letter to the Israelites? In 587 BCE, the city of Jerusalem, the temple, and the Jewish armies had all been destroyed by the Babylonian army under Nebuchadnezzar. 10,000 of Israel's citizens were marched to Babylon in what is now modern-day Iraq. Many of those who were left behind were imprisoned. In the course of time, the exiles to Babylon married, built homes, had children, and settled into their new land. They might as well accept Babylon as their new home. The prophet Jeremiah told them that they would be there for 70 years. So they did their best they could in their new surroundings. Still, they were away from home and from the temple, away from everything that gave them the sense of their identity. These were years of longing and mourning for what had been. To make it even worse, the prophets made it unmistakably clear to the people that the destruction of Jerusalem and the exile to Babylon were not due to Babylonian strength. However, they were a punishment from God to the evil Hebrew people. 
It is in that context that Isaiah comes onto the scene with a much welcomed and appreciated message. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. Undoubtedly, in the coming weeks, many of us will experience, in one form or another, the music of Handel's Messiah. Perhaps you know the history of this splendid piece of music. In the summer of 1741, over the course of only 24 days, George Frederick Handel composed the music. The lyrics, however, are are a combination of scriptural texts from the King James Version of the Bible and the Book of Common Prayer, compiled by Charles Jennings. Here's what I think matters to us in these days, in the year 2020. The first words sung in Messiah are taken directly from this passage of Scripture. The tenor soloist sets the mood. They sing, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her. That her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. I I must admit that since beginning work on this sermon earlier this week, I have had Handel's Messiah playing in the background of my home. I heartily recommend it to get you in the holiday spirit. Pastor Leith Anderson tells about a memorable experience from his teenage years. It was a Sunday afternoon. His father had purchased a magnificent new red convertible. Leith himself had a Volkswagen Beetle. One day his dad let him drive the new convertible to a friend's house. Leith took a back way down a twisting, rock-lined mountain road. The speed limit was 45 miles an hour. But a friend told Leith that it was impossible to maintain 45 miles per hour on that road and to stay in the correct lane. Leith knew he could do it. He was wrong. And his friend was right. Going around a curve, he crossed the line just when another car was coming up the mountain. Leith took at the other side of that car from headlight to taillight. And just as bad, he smashed up the front of his father's car so bad that it could not be driven. The police arrived, Leith called home. His father came immediately in his Volkswagen. 
He told Leith to go on to his friend's house in the Volkswagen and he would deal with the police and the car. But here's the fascinating part. Here is the incarnational part. Here is the comfort, comfort ye my people part. Reverend Leith Anderson says that his father never mentioned the accident to him again. Years later, Leith found out that his father's insurance rates had doubled for the next three years because of the accident. But his father never asked for a dime. He never told him the cost. We have all been there, have we not? Maybe it was not a wrecked new car, or maybe it was worse. Or maybe you are enduring it now. Perhaps you are in the grips of addiction or depression. Maybe this pandemic and social distancing has impacted you more than you want to admit. I received an email from a church member earlier this week that said, we need humor in these times, just my thoughts. How about an uplifting daily message? Lately, many have seemed to be pretty dark. I've not had time yet to respond, but when I do, I will say to this church member that we Two, your pastors get bogged down in the day-to-day mud and muck of pandemics and social distancing. We too miss worshiping together and miss the congregation that we serve and the people we love. We do not intend to be dark, foreboding, or depressing. We too are humans prone to human reactions to what we feel and to what we feel around us. So perhaps your pastors and perhaps you need to hear the great words of the great prophet that are offered today. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people. If you listen to Handel's Messiah and begin with the overture and then move into the first piece, you will then hear a brief aria. And following that, the entire chorus breaks into that glorious refrain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. What good news to all of us who need to be comforted.
Indeed, it is good news for all the world on this Christmas and Advent season.